Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Went Black podcast. Andrew and I took a little bit of a break from doing these UFC breakdowns, so uh, we're getting back into it this week. And uh, this week's a pretty exciting uh, week for mixed martial arts. There's three uh, UFC events, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday culminating in two, count them, two title bouts. We got Chris Weidman versus Luke Rockhold. Chris Weidman is the defending middleweight champion. And not only that, but we have Jose Aldo defending against Conor McGregor, a uh, sort of dividing figure in the world of MMA. Not someone that I particularly care for, but I understand that this is an important bout. So, um, yeah, we're all excited about that. I'd like to thank everyone who's been supporting the podcast. If you check us out on iTunes, please leave a review or star rating. It doesn't have to be a good review or a good star rating, but please uh, take the time and give us a rating and uh, write a review. Um, it just sort of helps uh, the ranking and um, it definitely, definitely helps out. This episode and every episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. Go on over to savagegoldcoffee.com and pick up a, uh, a dark roast, which is delicious. The prime roast, which is an Ethiopian Yirgacheff bean, which is delicious as well. You can also get a mug, um, t-shirts. We have uh, another roast coming out hopefully before Christmas time, or should, should I say in time for Christmas, it's a Peruvian bean going to be called Blue Monday. And uh, that's probably, I think, my favorite roast so far. It has like a really rich chocolatey flavor, and it goes well for Monday morning when the last thing you want to do is get out of bed and go to your job or wherever you got to go on a Monday morning. also like to give a shout out to Onnit, um, one of our affiliate sponsors, Datsusara for the finest in hemp gear and clothing and Nature Box for healthy snacks. You can follow me at MikeHillHQ on Twitter and also do me a favor and check us out on Facebook and uh, you can like the page and um, yeah, that's about it. So here we go. Me and Andrew breaking down the next three UFC events all happening this week. So how was your holiday, man? Oh, it was awesome. How was yours? It's pretty chill. I just, uh, you know, spent some time with my family upstate and, uh, you know, ate a lot, that kind of thing. I was actually I was actually up in Boston right after that for work. I was up there the entire week, so. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. You see Wolverine? Uh, Are you talking about Chris? Yeah. <laughs> you see, he looks different now, man, because um, he doesn't have those, those chops anymore, you know, so he has, like, a different look. You know, yeah. but yeah, I hung out with Tim and uh, Chris and Taz, but yeah, Chris couldn't make it out. It was it was like a weeknight thing, you know. Not not everyone can uh, can oblige like the weeknight, you know, hang out during you know regular yeah, jobs yeah. and shit. So, but dude, it was great seeing you a couple weeks ago uh, up in Ithaca, man, playing that show. Fuck yeah, that was awesome. It's cool. That yeah, was, that was super awesome. You you did double duty, back to back sets. Yeah, man. Had to throw down the hammer, you know. Yeah. But uh, are you so? What's um, 
Are you a more or less full-time member of Bleak, or no? No. Nah. Do you record I'm with like them the, at all? No, I'm like the main filling guy. That's cool, man. Yeah, actually, you know, remember Cam? Cam. He played drums in that band with Hunter and Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's He's actually yeah. the guy in that? He's the other main filling guy. Well, I mean, I, I think he's going to be. Um, they asked me if I could do this tour. Come, they're on right now, actually, and I was like, I can't do it. But I texted Cam and said, hey, dude, do this. I wasn't like, you should do this. I was like, do it. <laughs> like, do they have a know? full-time drummer that writes with them and stuff? Nope. Actually, the, the guitarist writes all the drum parts on a uh, drum machine. Really? Yep. Dude. See, what's cool about Bleak, anyone out there who hasn't heard this band yet, they're from uh, based in Ithaca, right? Uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, Okay. They're like, um, I, I'm not even going to say they're doomed, because it's not. It's it's more like this kind of uh, kissy goodbye, bloodlet, you know, like that kind of late 90s, you know, totally. vibe to it. Hardcore, but like evil, you know, dirty sounding. And um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was really into it, man. It was cool. You yeah, know? man, I thought you might like it. Yeah, totally, man. And of course, uh, you know, Twin Lords was awesome. I know Dan, you know... Whenever, whenever you talk to Dan, he always says yeah, he has a bad set, but I, I thought you guys sounded great, you know. Thanks, man. And, you know, he was, he was mentioning that he might be moving up there. So that that's yeah. cool. You guys be able to, like, be you know, more creative, easier to be creative living in the same town. Yeah, totally. Fast track a lot of the tunes. Yeah. How were those uh, Canadian shows? They're okay. Um, Toronto was awesome. Montreal was, like, small, but it was pretty cool. But, you know, Montreal feels like, it feels like Europe, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. like, it feels like you're playing in Germany and where, where everyone's just kind of polite and, you know, stands around and like Toronto is more like, uh, I mean, you know, you know, how Toronto, Toronto is more like, a, like they rock a little harder, you know, they're like a little bit more enthusiastic, but uh, yeah, they were cool shows. Definitely, man. You know, it's good to be out with Black Anvil again. That's like, awesome. Yeah. I feel like this whole year, all we've done is play shows with Black Anvil. <laughs> You know, yeah. did that, that whole European tour with them. We did a bunch of local shows, like regional dates together, and we went up to Canada. So it was kind of kind of fun. That's awesome. Hey, congrats. 1349. Yeah, dude. I'm excited about that. That's sick. Yeah, it's like, it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Um, and, you know, as you know, I'm a fan of theirs. I like their music. Hell yeah, um, man. But unfortunately, I don't think uh, Frost is going to be touring with them. Oh really? I was like stoked at. Fr- I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still happy anyway because I'm sure they got some sick drummer to replace oh, sure. them. But uh, I was like, oh shit, man, we get to go on tour of Frost, you know. But like, I, I heard somewhere along the lines that he's not going to be on this one, and apparently, he's not going to be doing any U.S. Um, touring anymore with that band. You know, huh. I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal. Interesting. Is. Yeah, but uh, one of those dates is with that Venom Inc. band. You know what that is? It's like Venom no. without Kronos. Oh, really? It's weird, right? That's weird. I don't know what also they're going to do. Are yeah. they going to write new... Are they have new material? They're just going to do Venom songs. I don't know. It's weird, right? Venom Inc. Venom Inc. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that band, uh, Full of Hell, they're really good. See, I don't know much about them, man. They're good? We played with them once here. Yeah, in Ithaca. Quindlers cool. played with them. Nice guys? Yeah, nice guys. Young, real young dudes. Yeah, yeah. It's like important. That's almost more important if they're if they're nice people, you know. It's like 
when you're on tour with dicks, it's like it's not cool, you know. Totally. We we all know about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it should be a fun tour. I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of whack. It starts in Miami, and uh, ends in San Francisco. Oh, actually, it ends in L.A. now. Yeah, it ends in California. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the worst part about that, I mean, on on the way home, we'll play some shows, but on the way down. We can't really play any shows because the same cities that we would play on the way down are like we're hitting those on the way back up because the tour is going Miami and oh. up the East Coast. So it's yeah. not like we could play Baltimore or like, you know, D.C. or, you know, anything like that. So we got to drive straight down there. Oh, really? Is there a radius clause or? Well, no, it's just like, you know, to, to play to play like no one's going to book us. If we play, if they book us in Baltimore, then three days later we're playing there on 1349. So, right. So, what about Richmond? There's a show in Richmond, actually. Oh, shit. It's weird. I mean, that, that's weird, too, because usually, like, those tours never seem to go to Richmond. They go to that other town that's outside of Richmond, where there's, like, a bigger, yeah. there's some sort of metal, like, I think it's called Jack's or something like that. Right. Where's that, Harrisburg or something? Yeah, some town, like, in Virginia. That That's where, like, those those shows usually go, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited. It's um, we're actually playing a brand new song on that tour, and uh, you know, we got like a bunch... uh, one that's beyond the EP. Yeah, one that's newer than the EP, which hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. And um, but yeah, like that. That's um, yeah. That's how Michael rules, <laughs> dude. I that's how when I used to go see the Rollins band in the early '90s. That's how it was. It was like, you know, you go. It was End of Silence, or no, it was uh, Lifetime, and then like. Lifetime was out, but then they'd be playing like songs off of End of Silence. So it's just like you know, that's how I know how to do things, you know. Just, just keep going, you know. And it's just uh, I don't know. It's even though those songs are like they're not released yet necessarily. There's um, we've still been playing them for like a year, you know. I mean, we the tour um, that we did in Europe this past year that was that was the whole set, you know. It was all this material on the EP, and and you know the deal. It's like well, by the time the record comes out, you're tired of the songs, so. Yeah, but you know it should be cool. It's like, um, you know, I imagine a lot of people that would go to thirteen forty nine haven't seen us play, and uh, you know it'd be cool to like play to some new people, which has always been the, um, you know, the sort of mission, at least with touring, and you know, get get in front of some new people, and you know, yeah, totally, there, it's totally know? gonna be new people for sure. I think uh, full of hell bring a, yeah. a new crowd too, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a great great package. All I've seen are good. People saying good things about it. People That's are cool. excited. It's yeah. a good, really good package. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So, um, dude, when's that EP come out? It sounds awesome. Uh, January first. Um, wait, 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 hold on a second. Not January first. That's like in three weeks or something. April first, January, not January first. It's coming out April first. <laughs> it's like four months later. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, yeah, it's uh, April first. <laughs> awesome. That's the official release date. And um, stoked! It's it's not a joke. It's serious. No, it's not. It's officially it's it's April first, and uh, Relapse is putting it out. And um, but what's even cooler about this whole situation is that we actually own the record, and we're licensing it to Relapse. So if you really want to support the band, uh, buy it on iTunes or something like that. You know or, or whatever the, you know, the Bandcamp page or something. And, you know, Relapse is really just uh, licensing the vinyl 
I mean, definitely buy the vinyl too. Buy it, buy it all. Download it from Bandcamp. <laughs> buy it on iTunes. <laughs> Add it yeah, to your man. Spotify thing, whatever the hell you do on Spotify, and then buy the vinyl. There you go. Buy it on cassette. Buy it on all the formats, and then uh, you really be helping out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and you know it was cool. It's um, you know, it was uh, the the place we recorded at was rad. It's this place uh, called Applehead Studio up in um, outside of Woodstock in a town called Saugerties. Mm-hmm. And it's like, literally, it, it's honestly one of the most relaxed recording environments I've ever been in. You're basically on a farm, and you, you, we have like a cabin that you stay in, and then the studio is just like, it's all on the grounds of this farm. And you just like, there's like a, you can cook there, you know, it's like, there's nothing to distract you from what you're doing, but you're not so dialed into what's going on, like you can go out and be outside and like, you know, we had we lit a fire and we had like you know we like barbecued and it was cool, man. You know, it was it was a good time. You know, we That's were only awesome. there. We were only there for three days. We didn't have a lot of time, but like, you know, we we you know we're we always go in. You know the deal. We always go in well rehearsed and yeah, kind of bang everything out. You know, and and it was a good time. You know. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds great, man. I think it sounds awesome. I was telling all the guys, really, really sounds awesome. Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know. But um, but yeah, dude, it's um, we're getting back into doing these UFC uh, fight podcasts. Um, you know, it wasn't any kind of uh, reason why we trailed off. I think we just got both of us just got busy. Totally. You know, and um, this this is a week we picked to re-engage. Is a kind of a big week, man. There's three fights this week. It's insane. You were telling me in a text. You're like, it's a big week. I look. I had no idea. I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Not only are there three events, there's three awesome events. Yeah. It's like every awesome fight is happening in the next six days. It's yeah, crazy. Totally. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, we get there's a couple of things that happen in the world of mixed martial arts. Last time we spoke, Ronda Rousey was still a champ. Now she's no longer a champ. She was defeated by Holly Holm. Yeah, pretty what, amazing. What are your thoughts on that, man? Did you see the fight? Oh yeah, I saw the fight. Yeah. Actually, that was the. I haven't bought a UFC on my Xbox in like, I've done it once, in three years I've done it once. I did it again for this fight. I, even though I thought that Ronda was gonna just destroy Holm, I wanted to see that fight. Yeah. And oh my god, it was amazing. I didn't, what an upset. I was really shocked, and not because I thought that Ronda was unbeatable, because. Way back, I always thought that a really good striker um, would, be able, would be able to defeat her. But just on the basis of Holly Holmes' fights that I have seen, I didn't think that she'd be able to beat her because her fights in the UFC were, were uh, they weren't knockouts, they were decisions, and they weren't really uh, like she defeated split decisions. Split decisions, exactly. They weren't like decisively decisive wins. But you know, she got fired up, man. You know, she went in there and she took care of business, but. That's the thing, man. It's like, you know, Ronda Rousey, tremendous athlete. There wouldn't be any any women's MMA without her, you know. But uh, I always felt like her, even her, you know, people were, were sort of extolling her virtues as a striker when she knocked out Betch Cohea. But the reality is he just, like, kind of ran at her and, like, knocked her out. It was like a bum rush, you know. But someone with skills and footwork, I always figured would be able to at least make it to, you know, go the distance with her, you know, and if not win. So 
I'm not one of those guys who's going to be like, oh, yeah, man, you know, I, I always thought Holly Holm would win it because I really was shocked when, when she looked that good in there, and it was only based on her fights that I've seen. Yeah, ditto. I was really – it was amazing. Her performance was just A+. plus. One thing that I think of now when I think of how Holly Holm picked her apart, though they're different strikers, I mean, Ronda sort of got off easy not fighting Cyborg probably because, Dude. good lord – you know, the way her striking looked in this last fight was just terrible. And uh, against someone who's so powerful and the Muay Thai is just brutal and cyborg. I mean, it could have been even worse than the head kick that she suffered, you know, and that would have been real ugly. One, one of the things as a drag, though, is how everyone jumps off, so quickly jumps off the bandwagon of Ronda Rousey. Like, there's all these, like, you know, internet warriors you know, talking shit and all these memes flight flowing floating around and uh Oh, it's been brutal. Yeah, it sucks, man, because it's like, you know, the bottom line I mean, this is where I guess you find who your real fans are. And you know, I am a fan of Ronda Rousey. I think she's a great, you know, judoka, you know, who's crossed over into martial arts, but obviously, you know, I, I'm sure that she's gonna come back. She's a champion. She's like has that spirit of a champion. She's gonna come back and do what she needs to do. I mean, whether or not she ever beats Holly Holm, I don't know, but She's definitely going to come back. I mean, people are saying that they, this might be the end. You're never going to see her again. Like, I don't believe that for a minute, you know. It's it's a tough loss. I mean, for someone who's worked so hard to, like, you know, the way that she carries herself in the fight, the way that she brings herself up to the fight to lose in such a devastating fashion has to be really tough on her psyche. And I think that her psyche is super important to how she fights for who she is as a fighter inside the cage. So it'll be interesting to see how she comes back from such a, a very tough loss. I mean, it was so definitive. I can only imagine what that does to someone like her who relies so heavily upon that. Like, I'm unbeatable. I get angry. You're a bitch. You know, like yeah, that the way the the, the way she carries herself and, and goes into fights. You know, this is it's damaging to her brand, and her brand is actually, you know, I think she. Be- as one should believe in themselves, but I think that, like, you know, she probably thought she was unbeatable, and uh, I'm curious to see what this will do. I mean, uh, earlier today, Dana White was talking about how he was comparing her to Mike Tyson. She was saying that he, she was popular more now than before, but, you know, I don't think that she's going to fall off like Mike Tyson. I think that while she still is... Um, I don't think that someone laid out a template to be like, this is how you beat her now. And I don't think that her psyche is going to drop so hard. Um, but I'm curious to see how it affects her. I still think she can probably beat everyone in the division except for home. Um, and even then, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say she can't, you know, I'm, uh, it'd be interesting. I'd watch it again. Yeah, totally. I don't know if they're going to go right into a rematch though. That's the only thing, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, John Jones return, you know, He's uh, and he's huge. He's jacked. Yeah, six hundred pound squat or six hundred pound deadlift, rather. Deadlifts. Yeah. Jesus Christ, right? Did you watch that hour long uh, conversation with Ariel Hawani? There's like an interview. It's on. It's on. It YouTube. sounds painful. <laughs> it's like God. It's uh. It's it, what's cool about it is like, it's it's like this promo. This like sixty minute promo, uh, with John Jones is kind of talking about you know where he went wrong in his life, like what he's been up to, his footage of him doing his public service, his community service. And um, <laughs> what's kind of cool is like it's 
it's an he's like honest for the first time you know what i'm saying like like you don't you get like kind of like this insight into into who he actually is instead of the idea like who he thinks he should be you know so i'm really interested man you know it should be cool i mean obviously you know him and dc are going to square off that's like clear to me that that's the next move for him yeah i can't wait till he comes back oh dude totally man you know and i I like i like him now that he's a little bit of a heel you know is it wrong that I just pictured him with like his belt around his waist and an orange jumpsuit on the like on the corner of a highway, like with that stick, you know, like that sharp stick that picks up the trash? I don't even know if they use that anymore. But I'm imagining that, but he has his UFC belt on, and he's like, <laughs> he's got the little trash uh, satchel. He's putting the trash in it. <laughs> That's horrible. But he's oh. gonna come back. He's gonna destroy everyone. Oh yeah, because now he's actually. It's funny to think how successful he was without actually really training, apparently. And he was like a fucking cokehead while he's like, no, I was a pothead. It's like, uh. Dude, he was partying during train ca- training camp. It's insane, man. It's insane. It's insane. So I can't wait to see him come back. Yeah. And then uh, Fed- Fedor announced his, uh, he's going to be returning, which is kind of like weird, I think. It's like yeah, a- kind of returning. Horrible. It's like M1, he's fighting on M1 Global, which is his, his company. Am I, am I right about that? No, he's fighting this thing called Risen. Risen. It's like a Japanese R-I-Z-I-N. company. R-I-Z-I-N. Okay. It's a Japanese company that's headed by the former head of Pride. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's like some like Yakuza money associated with this thing. Probably. probably right? Yeah. And, so, and you know, he's, he's going to fight Cans on New Year's Eve. And the people that they said he could fight are like this one in zero Indian kickboxing guy. You know, he's one in zero in MMA. You know, he's... A kickboxer. So just sort of going back to the pride template, you know, you bring in some type of uh, freak show fight. You know, you have him fight a seven foot four Hongman Choi and he destroys him. And you're like, they're like, yay, Fedor wins, you know. It's going to be on it's, Spike. That's all I know. So they, cause yeah. they announced it at one of those Bellator events that I watched. And he was just like, you know, Fedor's coming back, all this kind of stuff. But uh, pretty let, pretty let down. But at the same time, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him go against the best and the best, but at the same time, when he was in, in uh, Strike Force and he was fighting against top guys, it wasn't going so well for him at, at that point of his career, you know, it, which it just could have been too too late in his career. I'm really unsure. Keeping with the theme of freak shows, we got uh, Kimbo versus Dada 5000 coming up too <laughs> on the same bill. On the same card as Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, Hoist, Hoist Gracie. Three. Oh my did you, god. Did you see the promo how, poster for that? No, but how can they even fight? How are they gonna how is the, the Nevada Athletic Commission or or whatever the sanctioning body gonna allow that? We're talking about a guy who weighs hundred and seventy pounds or maybe hundred and eighty in Hoist Gracie against a guy who cuts to two oh five in Ken Shamrock. You know, it's like what are they going to do? Are there going to be special rules? Like, there's got, there's going to be something that they haven't told us yet because there's no other way that they're going to be able to have this fight happen. I you was know, thinking like they the don't, same thing. They don't allow open weight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, when they announced the fight, Hoist came out wearing his gi. That was, that was pretty badass, though, I thought. But I didn't see that. It was funny, oh. but, but badass at the same time. Right. But the, did you see the, the poster, though? There's a poster. No, for, I haven't seen it. Dude, it's like the most ghetto-looking thing I've ever seen. It's got 
Ken and, and Hoist at the top, and then on the bottom it's got, um, you know, Kimbo with his do-rag on and uh, Dada's <laughs> with his grills, and he's, grills. Got, he's holding a sledgehammer. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> it's like it's it's like super ghetto, man. But that's it, you know. Jesus Christ. Sell them tickets. A lot of people don't even know who Dada Five Thousand is, actually. I bet Dada's gonna win. <laughs> D- yeah. You're the one who who told me about that um dog fights. That, that dog fights. That's yeah. a great documentary. It is. It's really good, man. It's uh, you know. A lot of fun watching dudes like run at each other, swinging their hands with like no technique at all. It's crazy. Yeah, a couple guys had. There was a couple guys who actually knew knew how to fight. It seemed like, and there's yeah, one guy. Like, like, one guy moved on to actually have a, like a local MMA career. I think. Right. All right, so let's get into some of these fights. I mean, I don't know if we should go through every single fight on the card. Maybe pick the highlights or something. You know. Yeah, I was thinking, I, I wasn't sure what you wanted to cover either. I actually wrote my picks down for the next four cards, I think. I don't know. Because not only is, uh, you got the Rose Nama Eunice versus Paige Van Sant card. Um, is that tomorrow? It's on Thursday. Thursday, okay. But don't hold me to that. And then Friday. <laughs> you, know how I, you know how I am with dates these days, man. <laughs> I do think <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. I'm pretty January. sure it's Thursday. Let me double check. I think or it's, it's January 1st. It's one of the two. It's either January 1st or Thursday. <laughs> and, then, and then you got the, jeez, uh, 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 these are all mixed up for me. Frankie Edgar versus Chad Mendez on Friday. And then Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor on Saturday. And then the following Saturday, you have Rafael Dos Anjos versus Donald Cerrone 2. Yeah. Yeah. I was figuring to just stick with this week, man. Like, I, I, I haven't even... There's so much going on this week that I can't even think about Dos Anjos and, uh, and Cerrone. And I think that card's pretty sick, too, actually. You know, it's cool that because, card, like, the last sick. the last few cards have been, like, men's on men's, you know what I mean? They haven't been, like... Yeah. There have been some good fights on there, but... Actually, the Korean fight, I was actually... Uh, a lot of good... I, I didn't really know a lot of the guys on the card... But the fights themselves were really good, I thought. Yeah, it was a good card. I really liked uh, the Henderson versus Masvidal fight. Yeah. I thought it was pretty obvious that Henderson won, and it was like a... It was a pretty standard Henderson and a pretty standard Masvidal fight. You know, they're both very, very, very talented fighters. And Masvidal, like usual, you know, they read the card, and he's like, the you know, who won what round and everything, gives it the scores, and he's like, what's this, man? What? No way, man. I won, man. What? <laughs> you know, like, every time, it's like split, and he loses, and it's because he coasts at a certain point, or, like, he, like, doesn't follow the game plan, maybe. I don't know what it is. You know, the guy's got tons of talent. Yeah. He's awesome. I'm a huge fan of him. But then, at the at the freaking reading of the decision, he's like, what? Oh no, man! No, I, I won, man! I won. You know, it's like the, uh, I imagine like the, the entirety of Maruda's in his corner. You know, they're like, "No, man! He won, man! He won, Holmes." That um, I guess like you know, I think he has a boxing background, right? So like in like yeah. a nine round fight, you can cruise a couple rounds, which you know when you watch like boxing. He's been fighting MMA forever, man. Yeah, I don't know, I'm just crazy. trying to come He's up got for a crazy excuses. record. What's that? <laughs> He's been fighting MMA yeah. forever. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So that card is on Thursday, just to confirm with everyone. 
Awesome. Yeah. I'm not completely out of my mind with dates now. So that the card we're talking about is Rose Thug Nama Yunus versus Page Twelve Gauge Van Zant. <laughs> <laughs> 12 gauge 12 gauge oh god you know and uh I shotgun mean shotgun to the dome yeah they're both uh dime pieces if you ask me man <laughs> that's what that's what I can say about the two of them pretty pretty good looking ladies there but well, also it's tough very... man cause they don't make any uh monetary denomination between five cents and a dime so it's you know it's <laughs> not very fair yeah but uh yeah man Page only has one loss. However, I'm, I think I'm I'm leaning more towards Rose in this one. Now, now I'm a Eunice. I don't know what do you think. Well, I you know they, they oh my god, the UFC couldn't be any more blatant about how they want these like <laughs> like Aryan hopes. Like it's crazy, you know. They with Ronda, they were like, wow, look at all the things that we were able to do, and. Um, you know, this other guy who was on the card, the Sage North guy. Oh, yeah, dude. He looks like Zach from Saved by the Bell. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. And then Paige Van Sant, you know, it's this cute little uh, blonde, you know, like, they really want these people to win. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they want them to be the, the poster children of the UFC, you know. Um, and I think, you know, Rose is super talented. She has a lot, of, a lot of natural ability and skill, and um, she has she's really, really good on the ground. I feel like she. A lot of people, you know, like oh, she's a prospect. They look up to her. They say, oh, she's going to be a contender or a title holder, or or you know, they knew that she's going to be something, even though she's like three and two. Yeah. Uh, but of course, some of those fights were not at this weight division. I, I think that she still is not polished enough, and she's reckless. And Paige Van Sant is training with Team Alpha Male. I mean, she's got crazy endurance, and I think that this is a, a difficult fight for her. But I think it's a very winnable fight, and it puts a, it gives her a, a great win too. Um, and I think it's the right fight to make, although Rose is, is uh, a late replacement, I think it's a, a, a great fight for Van Sant because you don't want her in there yet against uh, Ioana. Oh, no, no. Like, she would just get destroyed. you got to get her as many fights as you can yeah. before she gets to that point. I don't want to see her fight Ioana Janjacek. Ruin that face of hers, man. <laughs> I don't want to see yes. either one of them in there, man, just like getting head trauma from Ioana. Yeah, Ioana would just, yeah, I think that, she prevent, presents different challenges to both of them that I don't see either of them being able to overcome. But uh, I do think that I love Nama Yunus, but I think that Van Sant's really going to come out on top on this. Uh, I, I think she has a better camp, too. I'm pulling for Nama Yunus. You know, I think I'm, like, speaking more from, like, my uh, my heart as opposed to, like, um, you know, an informed decision because – the one thing about this weight class and the women, especially in the women's divisions, they both have such incredible cardio, man. Like, I haven't really, I gotta be honest with you, man. I don't really watch a lot of women's MMA unless, like, I know who they are. And I know that Paige Van Zant is someone I should be watching and paying attention to, but I, I really don't, you know? Yeah. Bad on me. <laughs> the few times I've seen her fight, it's just like, a, a, like a, just 
an onslaught of just, you know, conditioning, basically. And she basically out, outworks her, her opponent, you know? Yes. But the one thing I do I do like about Rose Namajunas is her jiu-jitsu. Is she's like, takes these chances, like flying arm bars and things like that. So that's kind of like that X factor is, is kind of the thing I'm hanging my hat on in this fight. Mm. You know what I mean? That, uh, that you know, Namajunas might pull out some, like, you know, Plata or something like that, you know, take advantage of some positional type of thing in this fight. Well, that's exactly the reason I think she's going to lose, actually, because I think that those are, like, low-percentage submissions where you're actually going to get it. And Van Sant, having trained with uh, Team Alpha Male, again, ex- extensively, she's going to have really good submission defense with really stifling top control, like that type of, like, heavy wrestling base. And her ground and pound is going to be vicious. And I, I could see Nama Yunus just, like, going for all these different submissions and just getting beat up. You want to talk about the Jim Miller-Michael Chiesa fight? Yeah, I mean, holy crap, man. Jim Miller, dude's been around forever. It, it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him, but he seems like the Abraham Lincoln of MMA or something like he's he's been around for so long I have nothing but respect for the guy and his submission game is awesome yeah I feel like Chiesa who just lost to I don't know if his last loss was to um wasn't it Lozon Joe, Joe Lozon? Or that was a while ago I think it was Lozon Miller's that coming really off a loss him? too Miller's coming off a loss to uh, I think Danny Castillo oh so maybe they're yeah. both coming off losses so, I mean, I think Chiesa, that was a loss because of the uh, cut uh, from an elbow. He's, I think he's going to have a huge fire under his butt, and he's going to be pissed. I think he has great scrambling, super length. I mean, that guy is, like, long. And uh, I think it's going to be a really, really entertaining fight. At some point, Miller's got to start slowing down a little bit. He's been in there. He's been through a lot of wars. He's been fighting for a long time. And, you know, as much as I still like the old guard to win, I think that Chiesa is going to, you know, it's a sort of passing of the torch. And, yeah, I think that Chiesa is going to be able to take this one, though. I, I'm not really sure how. As much as I'd like Miller to keep winning. Yeah, my, my, my money's on Chiesa, too, just because for the same reason you were saying. I feel like Miller, he's, all, he's 32, which isn't really that old. Like, he's kind of, like, in the middle age of the MMA career, you know? But I feel like he's has been. Those are like a hard like thirty two years, you know. It's like, you know. So I feel like he's coming. He's coming like into the twilight, you know, world. Even though he's a great fighter, but and Chiesa for just sure. Seems, he just seems like Chiesa just seems like he has more life in him, and I think that's why I'm going with Chiesa on this. Even though I think they're both coming off losses. Yeah, I don't think that Chiesa's plateaued yet. Um, that seems like too harsh of a word, really, even to use against Jim Miller. I mean, I think that he's. You know, he's reached the, the the most complete that he'll be in his game. While he might fix little things here and there, um, we're not going to see major changes. And who he is is a great fighter. Um, but I, I think we, we see a, a mostly finished product at, at this point. That was well put, man. For good Thanks. analysis on that. So we, we touched on Sage Northcutt, who's... Um, his, I, his, I his, pick Sage Northcutt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I don't know this guy, uh, Cody F- Fister. I mean, Fister, the name, yeah. The name r- rings a bell, but I can't... 
I don't think I've ever seen him fight, actually. Um, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I feel like maybe I have. I didn't even bother looking this fight up. They want Sage to win. His last fight was a brutal execution, yeah. and I think that he's going to keep it going. They want that to keep going. You know, hey, uh, there's no reason that I should be biased and say that young up-and-coming fighters shouldn't get softballs when I want aging fighters to get softballs too, you know? So uh, he's going to put on a hell of a show, and it's going to be a highlight reel, and they can keep on promoting him. The kid's definitely talented, though, man. You know, he's like one of those lifelong guys. Like his dad, you know, basically was coaching him from like a really young age, you know, from like what four years old or something like that. He was learning like, you know, Taekwondo or something and moved into MMA at a really young age. So, I mean, he's one of those like lifelong, you know, martial arts guys. And um, yeah, I just, my, my only issue, man, it has nothing to do with him. It's like, I really, I just so suspicious of like how the UFC just, they, they want a superstar and they make one, you know, which is going to lead up to, you know, the, uh, probably the last fight we talk about in this uh, episode is how they pick a superstar and just build them, you know. And just, uh, that's yeah. the one thing. And, and that, But that's got nothing to do with Sage Northcutt. Like, he's like, seems like a, he's a weirdo, but he seems like a pretty humble guy. Like, he seems like a good kid. He's like, he's like, you know, into God, which is like something that's kind of, you know, I always find that weird when people in this day and age, like, are super Christians, you know. But, uh, I can't really say anything bad about the guy, you know, <laughs> as much as I want to, but, you know. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, he's a young kid, and he's super yeah. talented, and he's got good looks, and so they're like, and he is a fucking killer in the cage, so they're like, It's fucking shredded, him. man. Shredded. Yeah, he's shredded. Yeah. All right, so Friday, December 11th, I see I wrote the dates down here, so I knew I was going to make Hold mistakes. on a minute. What's that? There's more good. There's more good fights. All on right. This. Okay. Cool. Sorry to jump the gun <laughs> on that one, man. That's all right, man. <laughs> this preliminary card's got a couple good fights that I'd like to. I didn't even look at the preliminaries about actually. Real quick. Oh yeah. No, I didn't look at them. Bring, I just bring, looked at the main card. Up, pull them up, dude. Okay. Hold on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's one more fight on that main card, um, which is Elias Theodoro, who has the nicest hair in uh, in the UFC. That's like his, oh, everyone shit. jokes about it. They're like, oh, yes, he, he has great hair. Um, he's undefeated, and he's fighting against Tiago Santos, who he's a durable fighter, but I don't, I, don't, I think that he is definitely a gatekeeper to, like, the top 20. And, and I think that, you know, it's just another fight that the UFC is setting up for uh, a fighter to win, uh, Theodoro, in, in this instance. It's sort of funny that, you know, they got – Three of these people here on on that main card who they definitely want to win. He's a handsome motherfucker, this guy, Elias Theodoro. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He looks like, um, you know, he should be in like Game of Thrones or something. With that hair, you know, beard, chiseled features. Yeah. Canadian, huh? Yeah, he's like some Canadian, but he's from somewhere else, right? It, that, I'm gonna guess that he's like Greek or like, you know, some guy from like Cyprus or something like that, like Costas Philippou, you know, like it's, yeah, he's like from That'd Cyprus. Be cool. Yeah, 
We haven't really seen a Greek guy be successful in the UFC. I'd like to see that. Yeah. You know? I'm down with that. You know, spread the wealth, you know? It's a big world. (laughs) All right, yeah, cool. I'll I'll pay attention to that one. I'm not that familiar with either one of these guys. i got to be honest about that. Uh, You get to the prelim card? I can't find it. I'm looking on my phone. Let's see. Well, it's uh, it's definitely on SureDog, and you can find it on Wikipedia on UFC events. Upcoming events. Okay. So what uh what's what's of interest on the prelims? So the headliner for the prelim card is Tim Means versus John Howard. Oh okay. All right. So yeah yeah okay. Yeah, great fight. Uh, Tim Means is coming off that loss to uh, Matt Brown, and John Howard is coming off a loss to uh, I can't remember though I knew earlier. Um, I think that this is a, a fight that Means should be able to win, and I think it's it's nice to see again. He's going to get a good win on his on his his ledger, getting that John Howard win. Um, I just really expect that to happen. I, I don't think that Howard's going to be able to take him down and control him. If he does, Means has a, a good bottom game, uh, and he's long, real long fighter. And then standing, they both have great Muay Thai. Uh, Howard used to train under maybe he still does uh in sit yotong in boston um but means is just vicious with his elbows I, I think that he'll he'll be able to pull off the win here but great it should be a great fight oh you know what uh john howard's last last fight was a win over uh everybody's favorite irishman that isn't uh oh. who's that guy oh katal pendred yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was his. Uh, Howard beat him. Yeah. Uh, before Cathal got destroyed by that other guy, that was oh the, the English was. guy, which is like yeah, kind of hurt probably to those those dudes up there. I bet it's pretty brutal, and he and then he retired shortly thereafter. You know what, dude? You know I don't want to like uh, you know any anyone who uh, engages in this sport, you know, kind of gets my respect. But I never really thought that dude was 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 really very skilled, actually, Cathal Pendred. You know, he, it was just like. Strong and friends with Conor McGregor, really trained at the same yeah. gym. That's that's kind of like my feelings about that dude was like he just kind of like rode in like as being buddies with a guy with a big mouth who's like talked his way into a title fight and a interim belt. So yeah, and he won some shady decisions. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not he doesn't make the judges judge, but no one was a huge fan. So you know, it was again. Really- it was kind of guy funny, fought, though. got his got fought and fought and yeah. had a you know didn't quit and got fucking destroyed by that English guy and hats off to him. Yeah, totally. Uh, did you get you get the rest of these uh, fights up? I got them here. Okay. So uh, just to run through them real quick because they're you know I think that there's some interesting ones on here. Antonio Carlos Jr. versus yep. Kevin Casey. Again. I really think that there are a lot of fights on this on this card where someone's like a sacrificial lamb. And even though Kevin Casey's not like a well-known fighter or a big fighter or anything, people do know his name, whether it's from him getting busted for, what, diuretics or something, yeah. or the fact that he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, is more decorated in jiu-jitsu than Kevin Casey, and he's huge. He cut down from 205 pounds... And now fighting at 185, he looks like 
a scarecrow of death. He's like <laughs> very thin, but man, I wish that was his nickname. Shit. Scarecrow um, of death. The scarecrow of death. It'd be like probably like Detch. I'm the scarecrow of Detch. <laughs> um, but that probably doesn't work. But anyways, he's he's gonna win. He's gonna totally win. It's it's gonna be rough rough night for Kevin Casey. Um, I skipped a fight, which is Omari Akhmadov versus Sergio Moraes. I think that Akhmadov is gonna win, but I want Moraes to win. Moraes is like a armbar master, and he's like the happiest dude in the world. While you might not think of him immediately when when I say his name. If you watched one of his fights or you saw him, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. He always smiles and he's always so happy. And I'm like, god damn, this guy, he's just like the happiest man alive. And I <laughs> I love it. He's like, hey, I cut you an armbar. Yay. He's like super happy. I'm like, I love this guy. Um, so I, I, I picked Sergio just because I want him to win. But I don't know if he's really going to because Akhmadov is pretty, pretty brutal. Um Aljamon Sterling's fighting. I mean, he's definitely a, a future prospect. He's fighting against Johnny Eduardo, who I, I'm pretty sure is the Muay Thai coach at um, Novo Uniao. Novo Uniao. Tough. I can never say that one like off the bat. Um, so that should be a great fight. Sterling fights out of uh, what's that that lumpy face guy who uh, uh, Weidman trains with? Oh, uh, yeah, Ray Longo. And, uh, yeah, Ray Longo. Yeah, yeah, it's like power MMA. That guy's terrifying. Yeah. That guy's like the, the, the creature that walks out of the fucking closet in children's rooms. It's like terrifying. Um, amazing coach. Yeah, so that's who Sterling trains under. It's going to be great. And uh, another one, Tukogov, um, is fighting against Felipe Nover. And, oh, man, Tukogov, I, I really think he's just going to run over and over. And it's it's a good win for him again. You know, you got you got dudes who are newer to the UFC, and they're fighting against people that have some type of established name, and it's going to look good. It's going to be great for him. So that, that that's almost what this card feels like. There's a lot of there's a lot of fights on here that I, I feel like are definitely Joe Silva is like ah I mean, let's get like a signature win on this guy. You know. Great, great card, great card. I, I might not even be able to make it home in time to watch the prelims, man. That's like. What are you? What are you up to? No, nah, just you know, just my day, man. You know. You know, usually I'm busy right now, but you know, for you, I made a special arrangement to come and do this podcast. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, tonight we usually have practice on Monday nights, but you know, usually like the weekend and Mondays, Monday nights a practice night. But we hit it pretty hard the last couple of days, so tonight we took off. Nice. So um, Friday, that's the tough finale with uh, Edgar and uh, Mendez. Dude, this card is awesome, and it's short. Yeah. There's like seven fights or something. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure there's going to be a thousand commercials, but it's a great it's a great card. Everyone on it fighting. I'm like, except for Joby Sanchez. Who the who the fuck is that? <laughs> hey man, you need to have your first not your first fight at some point, you know. That's true. So you want to start at the bottom with Gonzaga? Yeah, that's um, you know, let's not forget that Gabriel Gonzaga was like a, a world beater a few years ago, man. You know what I mean? And, and he had a comeback. Yeah, you know, and and 
16 and 10. That, that's where he's at right now with his, with his, uh, his, his, his record. And um, he's coming off a string of losses, too. So, once again, man, you know, it's like it's a tough sport. And maybe Gonzaga's like, I don't know, too many shots to the head. You know, I don't know. He's uh, He trains out of his own place. I think that's really what it is. No game he plan. Out of, he trains out of Team Link and uh, Lowell. Yeah, Lowell, Massachusetts, Mike. Yeah. I know. The epicenter of MMA. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You ever uh, been to Lowell? You ever been there? Actually, Lowell's pretty freaking cool. It, like, have you been there recently? No. Not recently. I played there recently with Bleak, and there was this factory building that's been converted. Actually, um, the, the head... I don't know what she's considered... Whatever, like the curator, perhaps I don't know. The head curator is actually um, one of my friends from from back home in Greenfield, Mass. Um, my friend Ben's sister Amelia, and um, on the Bleak tour, we went and checked this place out. We were looking for coffee, and uh, it was awesome. It was like you take this elevator, the sixth floor or, or something, in this factory building, and the whole floor is converted into different shops and uh there's like a a, a movie theater there and there uh, an amazing coffee shop it was it was really weird it, it like you go from the street and all of a sudden you're like on a it's like a, a main street but it's in a... so lowell's got some shit going for it now so i mean i shouldn't knock i mean i'm not, not lowell is has come a long way but i don't think that Gonzaga training in Lowell is good for his game. No. You know? Yeah. The last time I was in Lowell was like back in, um, there used to be this like radio show called like Live from the Fallout Shelter. And uh, that the last time I've been in Lowell was probably literally like 1999. So it's been a long time for me. And it wasn't all that cool. That's when I graduated. Cool. It wasn't all that cool there. <laughs> it was like, had this kind of dangerous vibe to it, man. I just remember like, yeah, it just seemed real sketchy, but and there was never there was nowhere to play back then either. I think totally. We played uh, played like this college show in like the mid '90s, and it was like this weird. We played with Letters to Cleo, like that pop band. Shut up. Yeah, it was some crazy college show, and uh, crazy. Yeah, it was just it was just uh, you know I didn't really never really thought much of Lowell, you know. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's actually a really good technical, like, progressive metal band from Lowell. Um, because of P. Shit. I'll have to send you their, their name or something. They yeah. put on good shows, and they're they're really good. They're a really good band. I mean, like, crazy talented. They're like, you know, when you go to, to shows sometimes, sort of like uh, Creationist Crucifixion, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. you go to, like, some nowhere town in Pennsylvania and all of a sudden they're playing and you're like, you've never seen them and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, these guys, they're insanely talented musicians and uh, you're like, wait, you guys live in Lowell? Like, every member of the band is really, really good. Those are the kind uh, of pathogenic. towns. Pathogenic. Pathogenic? Cool. Pathogenic. All right, check name. that out. Yeah. Those are kind yeah, of the exactly. bands that come from places like that. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, just random towns where not much is going on where it's probably really easy yeah. to get a practice space there you know 
All you do is shred. Yeah. So, so who you got in this fight? Gabriel I mean, Gonzaga, I, I can tell you who I want to win. <laughs> I want Gabriel Gonzaga to win. You know, I don't know if he's in deep. Only if he has the mustache. Yeah. If he's got that mustache, I think he's going to win. That's it. The mustache equals win. I mean, who's the last guy he lost to? Is that Stipe Miocic? Crocop. Uh, Crocop. Well, yeah, that's right. Okay, Crocop is the most recent loss. Mitrion. The elbows of hell. Yeah, Mitrion, Crocop, and Stipe. All tough yeah, guys. Those man. are all respectable losses. Yeah, yeah so, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confidently put my, my money on Gabriel Gonzaga. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Yeah. Uh, Constantin, his last fight wasn't anything to write home about, and uh, I think Gonzaga can win this. Another uh, Massachusetts, well, not like that Gabriel Gonzaga is from Massachusetts, but he lives there. We got Joe Lozon. Uh, up next versus Evan Dunham in a lightweight fight. Yeah, that's a tough fight, man. I yeah. have it. Um, I mean, you know, hey, I want Creepy Joe to win. Of totally. course I do. But Dunham, god damn, dude, that guy's pressure game is is exhausting. And and Lozon's never been known for his gas tank. Uh, he's amazing screw and. Guy in endurance, scrappy. I want him to win, a hundred percent. I think Dunham's gonna gonna steal it. I'm gonna go with Dunham. I like. I'm a fan of Lozans, but I just don't think he's got enough tools to beat Dunham really. And like Dunham's like, he's like coming off like probably the momentum. I think he's got he's on a two a two fight win streak right now. And I feel like he's only lost to like dudes in the top ten. Yeah, I mean he's coming. He's got momentum behind him. You know what I mean? And like, uh, was it Lozon uh, beat Gomi, and then he got knocked out by Ally Quinta, raging Ally Quinta. So, and, you know, yeah. also Lozon, you know, even though he's a relatively young guy, he's got a lot of fights under his belt too, man. Well, actually, so does Tons. so does Dunham. Dunham's like, yeah, but Lozon Lozon's been at it a little bit longer, I think. And this stuff getting punched in the face after so many years of. Just where it takes takes a toll on you, but I still I got my money on Evan Dunham on this one. Yeah, I want just like you, man. I want Lozon to win. I do. I just feel like Dunham has too much of what gives Lozon problems. Yep. And I and, and I think that that's going to be a huge huge issue uh, come fight night. All right, we got uh, uh, two more two fights that we uh, we didn't talk about that I think are between the Gonzaga and Lozon fight, uh, Kawajiri is fighting again. Okay. Uh, it's against a late replacement in Jason Knight. Um, Knight is 14-1, but not against really any uh, noticeable competition. I think that Kawajiri is supposed to fight against uh, Mizrad Becht, and he dodged a fucking shell, dude. He dodged, like... A massive shelling, like, like mortar shelling. It wasn't like a singular bullet coming at him. He was about to get like splattered, because Misrad Bektik is proving himself to be a hell of a prospect. And uh, Kawajiri would have been a fantastic win for him. And I think he would have just steamrolled the living shit out of him. And, and I love Kawajiri, but I think that's what would have happened. Um, Jason Knight, he's got a great opportunity here. You know, he's a young up-and-comer with a good record. But Kawajiri's a gamer, and it's a late replacement. I just don't see it going his way. 
for night. And uh, Ryan LaFlair, I, I love this guy, man. He's got just really slick ground game, and his striking has gotten better. Um, yeah, I, I, I really – he's someone he, – he has, like, tons of decisions, but I find his scrambling to be really beautiful, like his ground game and his transitions between wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Um, that he doesn't really bother me. And he's fighting against Mike Pierce, who hasn't fought since a loss to Husamar Palhares in October 2013, man. Let me guess, it was a leg lock. It was a leg lock that <laughs> fucked his knee up, yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. And, man. uh, it's fucked up, man. And, uh, yeah, two years off for Mike Pierce. I mean, Mike Pierce is a dude who took, um, he did like 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 Johnny Hendricks split decision, loss. Um, uh, Josh Koscheck split decision uh, loss. He had like three like split decision losses that were so close against like really legitimate competition. Um, and people were like, man, if Pierce could just put together this guy is like he he could really he could be in the, he could be in the like in the top five probably you know he had that like wrestle boxer type thing going on um i feel like his time's passed and he's been injured too much and that unless lafleur gets hit with like a solid shot because pierce is is a back truck with with his hands yeah um but i sort of see lafleur taking him down and tiring him out and just constantly taking him down he's super explosive but that's a great fight. It's good to see Mike Pierce back. So next up is uh, Edson Barboza and Tony Ferguson. Man, dude. <laughs> that's going to be a fucking slugfest, man. I'm looking forward to that, that one. That fight is crazy, man. I mean, Ferguson's definitely better on the ground. And um, he's got great length, fast, darts in, darts out. I think he probably has the boxing advantage. Of course, Barboza has the kicking advantage. The I mean, kicks, Jesus Christ. Man. Yeah, I circled both their names on this because I have no clue who's going to win this. I, I don't have a clue. Yeah, Ferguson's also coming. He's on a, a winning streak now too, man. So nice you know, winning streak. I mean, the only way I would, the only reason I'm going to pick Ferguson is because like you get used to winning, man. You know, you just you get that momentum behind you, and and good things happen. You know, that's like the only reason I would pick Tony Ferguson over Barboza. But it is really a fight that can go either way. Yeah, I don't think that Barbosa's the one thing I'll say against Barbosa is, you know, he's he's sort of slow with his Muay Thai. You know what I mean? Like his footwork is slow. Yeah. Um when uh God man. When Michael Johnson fought against him against uh Ferguson, you know, he, he beat him through through transitional striking with takedowns and also footwork. Neither of which Barbosa has. Did you, who was that? The guy that uh, Edson Barboza fought. I think his last fight was against that guy from Philly. What the hell's his name? Oh yeah. Oh god, I don't remember that guy's name though. It was like a, a really, really good fight, man. I'm trying to think. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. Is I think Barboza probably gained a lot of. You know, he's someone who people were like, "Oh, he's chinny, he's chinny," and then he just did these three rounds of just war with this other guy. And uh, I think that goes a long way to, like, 
raise his confidence too. I think he's on a two fight win streak, Barbosa. Yeah. All right. The guy he fought, Paul Felder. Felder. That was, that was the right. second time I saw Paul Felder fight and was totally impressed by that guy. But yeah, he he uh, he defeated uh, Felder. He lost to Michael Johnson, and he uh, mm. has a win over Bobby Green. Those are like his last three fights. Prior to that, right. went over Evan Dunham, lost to Don, Donald Cerrone, and uh, went over Danny Castillo. And then, you know, you get further back. And you can see in there the way that he separates these people out of the top ten. You know, you, you get these guys. All right, he, be, he beat Castillo. Okay, so he beat a guy who's in, in, you know, top 15. Let's see how he does against Donald Cerrone. All right, he lost. All right, let's have him fight against Dunham, another top 15 guy. Okay, beat him. That's good. Let's have him fight against Michael Johnson, another, like a higher-ranked top 10 guy. Okay, he lost. Let's have him fight another top 15 guy. You know, um, Ferguson's definitely a top 10-er, so. Yeah. I, I feel like Ferguson's just more reliable at this point. Edson Barboza's flashy, and we love watching him kick the shit out of people. Yep. You know, it's like, it, it's beautiful to watch his striking. Um uh, you know, the more I think about it, the more I got to go with Ferguson. Yeah. The speed, the footwork, the um, he's more three dimensional. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going with El Kakui. Yeah, Kakui. <laughs> <laughs> and now we got the main no event. Clue what that means? Which is uh, Frankie the Answer Edgar versus Chad Mendez, which is like two guys who, who could be king, man. You know, it's like a title fight. Yeah. You know, and. uh I mean, what what more can you say about these guys? They both fought like a who's who, you know, in MMA. They fought everyone, you know. They both have lost to uh, to Jose Aldo, the current champion. But uh, I don't know, man. I think for me, I'm probably even though Chad's like a harder hitter, I feel like Frankie is is. I'm gonna go with Frankie Edgar on this one. Yeah, I feel like Frankie's got like better footwork. He's got better cardio. Yeah, um, you know he's more mobile. Like he's more of a his, his strikes are crisper, and he's more accurate with his striking. And he's got great wrestling. Even though Chad's like known for his wrestling, Frankie's wrestling and jujitsu are no joke either. You know. Yeah, his transitional game is just like yeah. top notch. Yeah, what an amazing fight. Uh, you know, I think it's a very... It's crazy how this is, like, the most difficult fight that Chad Mendez could have coming off of that McGregor loss. It's like, okay, you're not going to fight Aldo, obviously, because you're not going to get a title shot. No, come off again, a loss. Off a loss. Yeah. Um, so you lost against McGregor. So you're the number three. There's no one else to fight except for Edgar, man. And, I mean, that's the toughest fight in the rest of the division. Um, the thing that's getting me about this is Frankie was able to get Gray, who's a power puncher. Yeah, at 155. Yeah, at 155. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, talking about who's fought who's who's, Frankie's fought who's who's at 55 and 45. Hell I mean, yeah. Holy shit, man. I'd, I'd love to see... Frankie was champ at 155. Yeah, man. Yeah. He just thrown... He's just throwing my man, PJ Penn. That's right. It's yeah, fucking depressing. 
<laughs> yeah, but I mean, you beat BJ, what, three times? So, you know. Oh, that last one was the worst. Man. Oh, we can't count like, that last one, man. No, that dude, was it was like anomaly. Gandhi walked in there, dude. Yeah. It was like, dude, dude looked like shit. It's like, you know, Gandhi didn't look like shit, but if you walked into a fighting cage, you'd look like shit. Um, <laughs> you know, in case I offended anybody who likes Gandhi, you know. <laughs> who doesn't Anyways, like Gandhi? Um, uh, God, man, it's, it's a, this is a tough fight because... Uh, I I, I want to pick Frankie. I think that Chad is coming off of a tough loss and then had a win against uh, Lamas. And then or he lost against Aldo, won against uh, Lamas, and then lost against McGregor. Um, man, he's really pushing himself. Like, th- there's not a lot of time between these, these fights, and he's just fighting the top of the top and just keeps on pushing himself. He might have taken this one a little too early. Um, you know, he has the power punching over Edgar, definitely. Uh, I'm really curious to see what Edgar looks like against somebody who's going to be as aggressive as Chad Mendez. With takedowns and, you know, His transitional strikes. takedowns yeah. off of punches mm-hmm. are like money, you know. Um, Chad Money Mendez. Yeah, no. Let's think of the same. Uh, I picked Edgar. I, pick, I circled him. Yeah, I'm still going with Frankie. The, yeah. um, so what, are, what are your thoughts on that fight with McGregor, Chad? I don't know. It was weird. The whole thing, I, yeah. At the time, I thought it was, I don't know. I, 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 what, have, what have I called? Like maybe three fights at work, and that one was like shady. I was like, well, okay, where did Aldo's money go? You know? Aldo was going to make like $5 million off that fight. Where'd that five million go? They still made it at the gate. Where'd it go? I don't know. You think they gave an envelope um, to uh, Herb Dean or something like that? And they're like, "Yeah, man, make sure this fight ends. We got an early stoppage on this one here." You know. Well, the thing that was weird was just how Mendez looked away. Like he didn't try to go for a takedown or like cover up. He looked away. I mean, like I can't imagine someone throwing a fight by like getting knocked out. It no. sounds crazy, but. And then afterwards, he was so happy. He was like, okay. He like was like, hey, this guy won. Yay, everybody, look, I'm holding his hand. He won. Yay. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, why are you commending him now? Like, Especially that fucking guy. And I understand the body kicks totally sapped the energy out of Mendez. And also the fact that he took the fight on three weeks' notice. You know what I mean? Totally. And he was like out of shape and like... Apparently, uh, he only had one sparring session before he went into that fight, and he had a broken foot and, like, all this other stuff. Yeah. My whole thing is, like, why the fuck even take the fight, man? It's like, especially against a guy like, like, look, I hate Conor McGregor. They paid him, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they paid him to make weight. They pay, yeah, they paid him. You're right. That's that's you that's know? really what it comes down to. But, like, like, we need an interim fight. We need a top 10 guy, top three guy. And he probably was figuring... dangerous, like Frankie. He was probably figuring, like, well, you know what, man? Like, you know, McGregor doesn't have, no any... He's a fish out of water on the ground. I'm a great wrestler. And he did succeed with his wrestling. You know, maybe I can get him on the ground and submit him or something like that, or ground and pound him. You know, you never know. I think I think Mendez is probably banking on a first-round stoppage or something like that, where his conditioning wouldn't be an issue. He probably never figured he'd go into a second round. Yeah. That's probably that's that's my feelings about it because he actually he was going for it was a you know late in that fucking second round 
he was going for a submission, and that's when the scramble happened, and that's when he got yeah. allegedly got TKO'd. Allegedly, he had smashed he had smashed McGregor up. You yeah, know? I mean like yeah, McGregor, McGregor had like some bloody yeah. eyebrow or some shit. Yeah, I fucking hate Conor McGregor. Fucking we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And, and I think his whole career is. I mean, he's a great, great fighter, man. Believe me, I, I, I give him props, you know, for for his skills. But do I think he's a champion? No, I don't think he deserves to have any interim belt. I think that's false. No, that's horseshit. Yeah. And who the fuck did he fight? That's he fought an out of shape. An out of shape, Chad Mendez. Like uh, you know, fucking before that was uh, was uh, Seaver, Dennis Seaver, who's like number, ranked number eight. How the fuck do you get? How do you become a champion with that? With that, he's probably like ranked number fifteen now. Yeah, yeah, he's probably not even in the top ten anymore. And then before that nope. was you know Dustin Poirier, which you respect. That was his one. That was his one on the money win, in my opinion, because he fought Dust. Dustin Poirier was on the rise. You know? Even still, though, Poirier is like fringe top ten. Right, but I mean that was prior to that was I think Diego Brandao, right? Right. And, like, that was, like, his entry into the top ten was defeating Dustin Poirier, in my opinion. You know, the way things worked yes. out. Yeah. And then, all right, so you, you fight one legit top ten guy. You don't fight Ricardo Lamas. You don't fight Frankie Edgar. You fight Chad Mendez, who's completely out of shape. And also, in three weeks, he has to make 145, right? Everyone forgets about that. They forget about how taxing a weight cut is on somebody with only three weeks to do it. You know, it's it's kinky, the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like the whole thing is a little kinky, in my opinion. So we'll see what yeah. happens, you know. Yeah, we'll see who's who soon enough, right? Yeah, we'll get to that later. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm well, going with we're Frankie. We're there, dude. We're there. Yeah, we're there. So now we got the uh, UFC 194, the much-heralded UFC 194, you know. Oh, my God, this card's sick. Yeah. This card's yeah. amazing. You know, great. You know, once again, uh, pretty much from start to finish. You got Uriah Faber headlining the uh, the prelims on this one, too. Against a very, very beatable opponent. Isn't, um... That's the guy that stepped in when Hennon Burrell didn't make weight. Is that, Am I right about that? No, that was that, uh, Joe Soto. Who am I, all right, who am I... Frankie Sands, when was the last time I saw him fight? I looked at his record. I didn't see anything like notable on it. His name sounded familiar to me too, but I mean, I, the way in which he won his fights, I'm like, this guy's not beating Uriah Faber with that style. No, there's no way. There's something politically. This fight bothers me. You know what I'm saying? Politically, I have a problem with with Faber fight. I mean, for all I know, Frankie Sands is like a, a bad, total badass. I mean, he's 11 and two. He's in the UFC. You know, props, respect to him. However, Uriah Faber is 32-8. and eight. He has, like, you know, equally as much to do with the establishment of this sport as, you know, as anybody, as uh, George St. Pierre does, as, uh, you know, Randy Couture. Like, he's one of the guys, in my opinion, who was a, a pioneer in this in the sport. For his division, 100%. Yeah, for his division, obviously, you know. Yeah. But, but uh... To kind of like, it, it, I feel like ever since like he lost to to um to Burrell, there's been this like 
he's been like marginalized somehow by the UFC. Like they set him up against Conor McGregor and then the Ultimate Fighter, and you know, shit talking is just not his game, man. And you put him against a guy who his whole game is shit talking. It kind of makes him look a little bad, you know. I kind of feel like the UFC is not giving respect to Uriah Faber the way they should be. You know what I'm saying? And it bothers it bothers me that he's like on the preliminaries right now, on the same card as Conor McGregor. At the same time, though, I mean, they're just giving this guy softballs, pretty much. You know, it's like he doesn't he doesn't stay in the like. Okay, he lost against Frankie Edgar, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Frankie. That's there's nothing wrong with that, though. A lot of right, right, right. Lost to Frankie but Edgar. Other than that fight, he's fought against like a lot of. When he's not fighting a title fight, he's fighting against somebody that they're like, "Oh, he just won. Now we're gonna have him fight in a title fight." So every time it's he is he never like stays in the top. He is in the top ten. Yeah. But he never like you know you don't have him fight against the number seven or the number five or the number whatever. You know, it's like, okay, so he loses the number one guy. Now we're going to have him fight the number 20 guy. All right, now we're going to have him fight the number one guy again. Now we're going to have him fight the number 19 guy. Now yeah. we'll have him fight the number two guy. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, but I guess that's what I have a problem with, though, is what I'm saying. is like, I, I would like to see Uriah go against, like, more formidable competition, really. You know? Yeah, totally. I agree. Anyway, I got him in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. There, there are a couple of good fights on the un, super undercard of this. Um, John McDessie versus Yancey Medeiros. Oh yeah, Yancey Medeiros, man, totally. Uh, I think my, I think McDessie should win that. Looking at his track record against fighters like Medeiros and Court McGee. Oh dude, shit! Court, Court, Court McGee, the first fight of the night. Ouch. You're right. That's a little, uh, yeah. So you you have Leonardo Santos versus Kevin Lee and Varley Alves versus Colby Covington on the uh, the preliminary car, preliminary card in Fox Sports One, and then you have Court McGee as the first fight on UFC Fight Pass. That's fucking crazy to me. And John McDessie and Joe Proctor. All on UFC Fight Pass. I'm like, uh, okay, that's kind of unfair. I mean, all those guys have like, maybe, maybe it's their last fight on their contract. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it, it seems like really unfair. Those are three established fighters, and um, they're on the freaking Fight Pass, you know? Oh yeah, that's a Fight Pass prelim. Okay. Damn. It's it's rough. It's it rough. is rough. Fuck uh, man. Anyways. Going to the main card. Holy yeah. shit, dude! This main card's fucking awesome, dude. Jeremy, Every fight Jeremy Stevens. is awesome. <laughs> the first fight, Max Holloway, blessed. You know, like the heir to BJ Penn's Hawaiian throne. Yep. Against Jeremy Stevens, awesome fight, man. Totally awesome fight. Holloway's got seven straight wins. And he's going to beat Stevens. Yep. He'll have eight. He'll beat. But I mean, the, like he, the last time he lost was against McGregor. Against McGregor. And that yeah. was a decision, right? Yep. Yeah. So he might be the, the, the sort of black sheep or the, the dark horse, rather, is at the turn. The totally dark the horse. dark horse of the division. Totally. Yeah. I love that kid. He's awesome, man. 
He's he's real fun to watch, and that's gonna be a fun fun fight. Stevens looked brutal in that uh, the last fight was against Bermudez, where he stopped him I think with a flying knee. It was the night where he had like two, maybe three flying knee knockouts. It was crazy, dude. Finally, Damian Maya Gunner Nelson. Yeah. It's crazy. I can't believe it. It's like, that fight is crazy. Totally, man. It's like, well, I mean, it could go a couple different ways, but it's two high-level grapplers, man. You know what I mean? I got to give Nelson a little bit of an edge in the striking. but Yeah, for sure. He might not even get a chance to throw any, any strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Damian Maya might just bull rush him. But the thing is, is like, Obviously, Maya, crazy, amazing jiu-jitsu player. But so is Nelson. I, yeah. I want to say Nelson, he did something crazy. Like, he submitted... Um, Brandon Thatch. Was the, that wasn't crazy, because Brandon Thatch... No, 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 no. Like, like in, in submission. Oh, and, no, and, in a submission tournament. Like, Jeff Monson or something. Huh. Like, something fucking crazy. Oh, shit. So, it's like... He's crazy. Like, he, he is very, very talented on the ground. Um... I'm very. That fight's gonna be a. That fight's gonna be very interesting. Who do you got in that fight? I actually have Nelson in that one, just because I think like he. He's got interesting striking. It's like a karate base, you know. Right. With like the kind of like that lead leg, like way out there, you know. And I think, well, actually, that's not true because he fought Thatch, and Thatch is a striker, and he he didn't really smashed him. Yeah, yeah, he just crushed Thatch, but um, it's crazy. I think that, yeah, he has two really good weapons, and I think Maya really only has one really, you know, go-to technique, you know, is, is just his grappling. Yeah. So, I just think by, like, just mathematics, I think Gunnar Nelson will probably take that one. You know, bothers yeah, me. I think Nelson has a good straight one, too, and Maya is more of a loopy puncher. It bothers me because uh, Gunnar Nelson is at that straight blast or whatever the hell they're called. What's that? That the camp from Ireland? What is that? What is it? What's the name of the fucking camp? I have no idea, dude. It's the McGregor's <laughs> camp. Was it straight blast? What's it called? I don't know what it's I, called. I think that's what it's called, man. <laughs> is that what it's called? I don't know, man. I fucking it's that Irish camp. The one that's got all the like SB. Katal <laughs> Pendred. What's it? What's uh, the camp called? Shit. McGregor. I'm not sure, man. It's uh, sponsored by Buckfast. <laughs> Dude. But he's part of that camp over there. Yeah, that camp. Straight Blast. That's what it's called, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, dude, Ronaldo Souza oh. versus Yol, the pants-shitting Christ, Romero. <laughs> okay, now... Yoel Romero, incredible athlete. Soldier of God. Soldier of God. So he's got the Lord on his side. Yep. Um, you know, but I still, I think Jacare is, I, I'm going to go with Jacare on this one. I think like. Ditto. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I don't think he's got much, he's, he's not much in the striking. He's kind of slow, actually, Yoel Romero, except with the takedowns. And the throws, 
Uh, and Jacare is just too much of a technician, I think. You know, if it goes to the ground, I mean, first of all, Romero's going to want to take it to the ground. But if you go to the ground with Jacare, you better pack a lunch, man, because that guy is like pretty wily. Didn't he defeat Marcelo Garcia in a in a in a grappling tournament? Oh, I'm not sure. I think he did, man. I'll have to look that up. That's some serious shit. That's some no. There was a short list of fucking people who can say they defeated Marcelo Garcia, man. Yeah, I think I think your Romero again has. He's got a. I think he's got a big uppercut, and he's got a fast right cross, and uh, I don't know. Sousa's been looking looking really a lot better in his striking. God, man. I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to get the takedown against him. It's going to be a crazy fight. That's what, one thing you can guarantee in a Yo Romero fight. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was man, in the, Mund- the Mundials they fought. Him and him and uh, well, they they grappled him and Marcelo, and it was like the Mundials. I think they fought. They they grappled more than once. I think. Anyway, I don't recall who won, but I I think Jacare won one of those one of those matches, which is like a very very difficult thing to do in the world of uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, man, legit. But also, so you got Souza. Yeah, I got Souza. I got Souza. Souza. Jacare Souza, but um, me too. Yeah. The other thing I don't like about Romero is like that fight with Tim Kennedy, man. His what team a, cheated, dude. It's blatant. <laughs> like, how the fuck did they get away with that, man? I mean, Kennedy. That shit was crazy. It's insane, man. That he got knocked out. Like they just the fucking guy. Like they just wouldn't. Oh my god, man! If anyone hadn't seen that fight, it's like it was like the second round. And he got rocked by Tim Kennedy. Romero got rocked by Tim Kennedy. And they ended up taking, like, what, like five minutes or something on the guy on the stool? Like, it was some... They wouldn't get out of the ring. or the, the They wouldn't remove the stool. They They're like, huh, the what? What, remove the stool? What stool? Oh, this stool? Yeah. Wait, you want us to remove this stool right here, right now? Yeah. Wait, out of the ring or over two inches? <laughs> it was just like, are you kidding me? This is insane. And uh, and then he recovers and he comes in and, and he knocks out Tim Kennedy and I was like I think he that was the last him. it was like holy shit that was the last time Kennedy fought I think right yeah he was like fuck this after that yeah <laughs> he's like I've been like taking bullets you know dodging bullets my whole life and I got to deal with this shit it's like fuck that yeah it was crazy unfortunately he let it get to him and I and I feel like that took him out of the game you know took yeah him out of the round out of the fight the other thing too is Kennedy. First of all, Kennedy looks like he's on steroids, first of all. Yeah. Like, that dude. Right. That like, dude's like a brick shithouse. Yeah, he looks like fucking Captain America, that guy. Yeah, he looks like a fridge on steroids. Yeah, and but he's like this really vocal, like, anti-PED guy, you know? Totally. But, uh, I, I mean, hey, you know, if he's not, great. He's got an insane fucking build, that dude. That dude's all, like, bodied up, man, you know? We should clone him. Yeah. Totally. The U.S. military should clone him and make more soldiers like him. So now we got, uh, which I think should be actually this 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 next fight should be the main event. Should I thought you were about event. to say that you agreed that we should have clones. We should have clones, man. We should clone all cool. whole, fucking whole army of Tim Kennedys. That'd be sick. Yeah, man. 
this, uh, next, this fight, next fight. This should be the main shit. event, man. Usually the heavier weight is the main event in, in the real fucking world yeah. of, of fighting. But at the same time, Jose Aldo is like undefeated, seven-time defending, only featherweight champion in UFC history. I mean, the guy deserves some respect. And I know he's only getting it because the clown pants Dude. is, uh, you know, talking a lot. But I'm happy he's headlining. You know, Chris Weidman's only defended twice. This, oh my God, this fight is really, 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 really interesting. Like, well, I have no idea who's going to win this fight. Me neither, man. The more I try to think about it one way or the other, the more like, I convince myself one way. And then I, th- I remember something of the other guy's game that completely eradicates any idea about who's going to win. The one thing I do have to say, though, is that Rockhold is a lot faster than, than Weidman. Weidman kind of has like this plotting, you know, powerful forward movement thing, you know. And Rockhold is, I think, a little bit, has be- better footwork and is like quicker with the strikes, I think. And his strikes are, he has more of a wide variety of strikes, I think, than Chris Weidman. You know what I mean? I think so. I I, I don't know if I... Well, yes, I agree. Uh, I'm not sure if he has better footwork because footwork is what got him into the positions that made him able to beat uh, Silva. So well, that's some right. pretty damn good fucking footwork. Hold on a second. It's I think Silva's lack of footwork are what put him in... I mean, I'm not saying Silva has bad footwork. I think that Silva's, like the collapse of his will to fight anymore or whatever. Whatever mental thing caused him to have his feet in the wrong place when he fought Chris Weidman because he clearly had his feet in the wrong place is what cost him his consciousness in that fight. You know? I mean, look, I I, I love Chris Weidman, man. I think think he's, like, a a great champ. I think he's an awesome fighter, you know? But he's a little slow, though, you know what I mean? Just a little bit. You know, in in on the champion level, you know, I think Rockhold is a little bit more uh, mobile, you know, and I think that he's a little faster than Chris Weidman. You know, Weidman's got that insane, powerful wrestling base too, you know, and then Rockhold's got great jujitsu. Yeah, he submitted a uh, fucking um, Leoto Machida, you know. I mean, after elbowing in the head of about that elbow was like flush, yeah, brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's got his jiu-jitsu game is creative. That's the thing that that Rockhold really has. He has a really creative jiu-jitsu game, especially with that length that he has, his yeah. arms and his legs. Great scrambler um, and, and, and creative. Obviously, a, a better kicking game. Yeah. Uh, Weidman has the better punching game, yep. like straight boxing. Um, the wrestling. I think that Weidman has a, a great ground game. Um, I think so. But they're different. That's the thing that's amazing is they're both great strikers, different strikers. Both great jiu-jitsu guys, different jiu-jitsu guys. Um, I think Rockhold has great trip takedowns. Um, Weidman has a much more complete takedown game. Yeah, like double uh, legs, like high crotch, you know, like that kind of trip. You know, Single, trip, singles. whatever, you yeah. know, body lock. Yeah. Like, uh I have no idea who's going to win this fight. I don't have a, I don't have a freaking slightest clue. I back either one of them, though. Honestly, if, they, if if whoever wins this fight, I completely back them as a champion. Honestly, it's like if Rockhold wins. I mean, you know, Rockhold has a loss against uh, TRT Vitor. You know, when mm-hmm. you know that that uh, that turning sidekick that knocked him out. You know, that 
Well, or that was like in the UFC. I think that's his only loss, right? Yep. Yeah. And then his only loss before that was to. Uh... Wait, is that it? Strike Force. Yeah, I think he has two losses. I thought maybe. He, I thought he lost to uh, Souza. Souza, whatever. I think you're right. He, I know he only has two losses, Rockhold. One of them was to Vitor, and the other one, I think, was to, to, uh, to Jacare. Yeah. Weidman, undefeated. You know? Yeah. Powerful, though. Powerful guy. In a pretty si- serious list of people that he beat, too. Totally, man. You know? So this can go either way. If I if someone put a gun to my head and uh, and said you need to pick somebody, I'm gonna blow your brains out. I'm I'm gonna pick uh, Weidman though. I'm still gonna pick Chris Weidman for no particular reason, man. Besides, just I think that you know if he if he gets a takedown and he gets on top of uh, of, of Rockhold, Rockhold's not gonna get up. You know what I mean? Really excited for that fight. It's going to yeah. be super awesome. Because he has that, like, wrestler, like, how wrestlers just get so heavy on top of people. I feel like like, like Weidman has that ability just to be super heavy on, on the top game. I can't wait to see how big both those guys are. Like, Weidman has talked about wanting to fight at 205 again. And Rockhold... You can see he cuts a lot of weight because yeah. that guy's like shredded out. Yeah. Um, He's probably like 220, 215 rock hold. Like, very interested to see what they're both like, you know, in the cage together because they're both huge middleweights. But I heard... Same Ro- with same with uh, uh, Jacare and Romero. Yeah. Yeah. Romero looks massive. With that neck that he has. Yeah. He looks like one of those creatures from uh, from Clash of the Titans sort of. Like one of those like weird like minotaur guys, you know, oh, like, yeah. like you up on top <laughs> with that weird neck. But um, apparently Chris Weidman got his walk around weight to about 195 pounds. He like oh I heard that yeah like on the like when he's not in training camp he usually blows oh. up to like two two thirty or something like that, just from like you know eating like chicken cut parmesan sandwiches and like you know. Like, uh, you know, brujuto and fucking... Hey, give me a chicken parmesan. You know, <laughs> you know, drinking beers and stuff like that. So, apparently... Yeah, totally. I mean, hang on, Matt Sarah, Jesus Christ. Oh, dude. Yeah, Matt Matt Sarah, man. Like, he's like... Probably... He looks like the Incredible Hulk right now, man. Or, or like, the thing. You know that Jet Li movie, The One? Yeah. You know how Jet Li has to go around and kill himself from alternate realities? Yep. I think Matt Sarah has to go around and eat himself <laughs> from alternate realities. He looks like Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four thing. <laughs> if he had like some type of make face makeup over the fucking rocks, yeah, and him, like have skin to look like a human, yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so now we come to one of the most anticipated fights of the year is uh, the reigning defending champion of the featherweight division, Jose Aldo, versus. Uh, the Burger King, um, Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Burger King. Shit. You're on fire tonight, Mike. <laughs> uh, I still don't know who's going to win, dude. As much shit talking as I do about Conor McGregor, he's a great fighter. You know, whether or not... It's like, that's the thing. It's not, it's, it's not been decisively proven either way whether or not he even can stand in the same uh, octagon with, with Jose Aldo. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's like there are certain guys, like Frankie. 
if Frankie, you know, you know, you know, you kind of know that when Frankie gets in in the in the ring with Jose Aldo, that it's you know it's going to be a fair fight. You know, it's going to be like these two guys, high level. You know, I I don't know about Conor McGregor. It's like I know that he can beat up on all the other guys in the division that are you know lower ranked guys. I know that he beat Chad Mendez after getting taken down and grounded pounded for two rounds. Um, a Mendez who was out of shape, like I said earlier. A Mendez who took the fight on three weeks' notice. And McGregor had been training hard for this whole time, you know. And I know his coach made some excuse about, uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't do any, any wrestling rounds at all. But you don't learn how to wrestle in like six weeks. You learn how to wrestle over the course of your entire lifetime, which is something that Chad Mendez has done. Like, it's not like I'm going to, all right, cool, we're going to fight a wrestler. You got six weeks, you're going to become like a black belt at double leg takedowns and bridges and cradles and all this stuff. It's like, that's just not going to happen, man. So you either know how to, at this stage of the game, you either know how to wrestle it or you don't. You're not going to learn it unless like you take a year off and all you do is shoot double legs. So I'm going to say that McGregor doesn't know how to wrestle. (laughs) Straight up, you know? So I still have no fucking idea whether or not it's all smoke and mirrors, whether or not it's a it's a total scam, whether or not this guy is actually legit or not, for the reasons I just said. So I, I really don't know. It could be he might go in there and fucking win, but who the fuck knows? I mean, I think on the ground, Jose Aldo is it will win. It yeah. will destroy him. Totally. Jose Aldo's a legit black belt on the ground. 100%. Whereas Chad Mendez... I mean, have you ever submitted anybody? You know, I, I like he trains it, I know, but like his first 10 fights were like decisions just smothering people. Yeah. You know, I don't think that. And a lot of alpha male, again, are like those low percentage, yep. like explosive submissions. You ground know, and like, pound. Right, They're ground and pounders. Yeah. Like they get on top and someone's guard or half guard or full mount and elbow people in the face. You know? Yeah. Yeah, the ground and pound is like legendary. Yeah. But I feel like their submission game is like not as much. Um, so I think that Jose can win on the ground, but it's tough. You got Jose Aldo who, you know, you got Conor McGregor with his heavy lead leg striking style that again, karate based turned to the side thing. Um, a lot of people expect, I'm sure just as Conor does that Jose is going to try to kick the living shit out of that leg. But then McGregor has good footwork. He's fast. He's light on his feet and he does angles beautifully whereas Jose Aldo is a lot more plotting Muay Thai yeah they're Muay Thai Muay Thai is like you know brutal beautiful and simplistic you know yeah and also McGregor's got reach advantage you know yeah you can stay on the outside by the way what's that do you know what it is how much or anything I'm gonna say it's two inches Mm. which is a lot you know but, and he's bigger. Like, if you see them together, that's the other thing about McGregor that bothers me. It's like, the dude's probably really a, uh, a lightweight, you know? I mean, he started out in the lightweight division. You know, when Joe Duffy beat him, they were, they were lightweights. So that guy should really be fighting at 155. So he sucks down to 145 with the IV. And all he does is, like, fucking talk shit and bully these dudes in these lower weight classes. It's like, you know, he's, like, bullying, like, the guys at, at uh, the bantamweight guys. The next thing is he's going to start bullying fucking uh, Demetrius Johnson, you know? It's like the fucking guy is, like, should really be a weight class above where he's at. So that's why he's bigger than everybody. That's why he is 
has more power. He can develop more power than all the other guys in that weight class. And, um, yeah, I think he's got two inches. I think, I think the reach advantage is two inches in his favor in this, in this case. But, you know, once again, man, I have no idea who's going to fucking win this one. Yeah, dude, crazy, crazy tough fight. You know, whoever wins, I hope it goes at least four rounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to see you go to a decision. You know? It would. It'd be amazing. I don't think it's... I don't I don't imagine it will, personally. No. I mean, Aldo... Let's see, the reach... All right, okay. Let's see here, reach. Three inches. Shit. McGregor is 73 inches, and Jose Aldo is 70. So... What's the height difference? McGregor's 5'8", Aldo's 5'7". Yeah, McGregor looks so much taller than that because he looks so long because he's so lean. That's crazy. 5'8". I thought he was like six feet or some shit. No. But with the IV ban, this is this may even be the last fight you see him at 145. That's a good point. That's a real good point. So... I don't know, man. It's hard to say what's going to happen in this one. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm rooting for Jose, man. I mean, I, I, especially because Jose is a champion for the fighters. Yeah. Whereas Connor is a champion for himself. Totally. You know, Jose is always like, this Reebok deal is bullshit. I should get paid more. People should get paid more. Hey, maybe we should start a fighters union. You know, it's like shit that the, the UFC does not want to hear. Um, and it's nice to hear from a champion. Just like recently, GSP has been talking a lot about how he wouldn't have retired if it weren't for the fact that he felt so disrespected at the uh, after the the way in, or uh, after the fight, the, the the Hendricks fight, when they said, "Oh, GSP couldn't come to the the conference." And he's like, "No, they told me not to come to the conference." You know, he's like, "It's bullshit." You know, he didn't want to fight for Dana anymore. And he was like. Fuck this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna pick Aldo by submission. Hmm. Yeah. That rule. Yeah, because you know I what mean, sucks about that though is that Aldo might hold too long. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it's like no one. You know, no one. That's the thing, man. Like people fight McGregor's game. They fight his fight. That's the thing that sucks about him. He gets inside people's heads. You know. And Irish about, Diaz. I want to bite. I want to fight this guy in the feet because he's a stand-up fighter. Meanwhile, like yeah. your if your strength is on the ground, or if you have an advantage on him, over him on the ground, you do what you you fight your fight, you know. And I feel like Aldo clearly could outgrapple him because the dude probably has no skills. I, mean, I know they claim that he's a brown belt, but you know, in Ireland's rich jujitsu, um, you know, culture, you know, I think everyone's a brown belt at that gym, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Totally. But uh but you know, I, I would I would I would go with Aldo submission. You know? I'd love to see that guy get submitted. Yeah. I think didn't Joe Duffy submit him when they fought in Ireland? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, and I think alright, this this is my uh you know, if I if I were to like predict the future, I think this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say that Aldo wins, retires. Okay. Mm. McGregor goes up to 155. 
Frankie becomes champ. That's that's my prediction. Okay, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I'd love to see Frankie as a two division champ. Yeah, that rule. I want to see him in the first three division champ. I want to see him going down to thirty five. If he said he can. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I want him to, but he said he can. Yeah. Oh, he can or he can't. Can. Yeah, because the dude walks around 148 pounds or something like that. Frankie doesn't cut any weight, and that's why I think he has a big advantage over a lot of people. You know, it's like, you know, he's he's like fully hydrated, you know, the whole time. Like he's not right. water loading and sweating it out. He's not, you know, wasting his time in the saunas. He's just got to cut like three or four pounds, I think, to make 145. So yeah, why not? Why not go down to 135? You can go down to 135 and not even have to need, not even need an IV to rehydrate. You know, you can just drink like Pedialyte or whatever and get your your hydration back. So yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> so at either event, either way, this is going to be a good a good week for MMA. I'm excited about this week. It's a crazy week for. And then MMA. next week too, man. Next week is uh, Dosanos uh, Cerrone, right? Next yeah. weekend. Uh, real quick, don't want to call. Don't want to say the winners start. But just give give a little taste. Um, you got Dos Santos versus Cerrone. Dos Santos versus fucking Overeem. Oh, yeah. Michael Johnson versus the returning Nate Diaz. He's screwed. Uh, Charles Oliveira versus Miles Jury. CB Dalloway versus Nate Marquardt. Hmm. Josh Saman versus Tamden McCrory. Nick Lentz versus Danny Castillo, oh. and Cole Miller versus Jim Ehlers. Wow, that's, that's a great, great card. Great card. Yeah. Miles Jury's coming back. The last fight he had was, was Donald Cerrone. Yeah, so it's his first fight at 145, and I don't think it's going to work out for him, personally. Charles Oliveira, Dubronx, nah. Yeah. I mean, if McGregor goes up to 155, right, he's got guys like Cowboy Cerrone, He's got, uh, you know, the, the champ, Rafael Dos Anjos, right? I mean, the comp- Joe Duffy is waiting there for him again for a rematch. I wouldn't, mi- I wouldn't mind that. I'd like to see him at 155, fighting guys his own size. Yeah, way, way, way harder division for him. Yeah, you know? I, know. I mean, not that... Featherweight's an easy division for him because he he skipped the line. He's far, he hasn't really fought anybody in the top ten. No, nope. You know, and, and like I said, the the Mendez fight was very kinky. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really consider that to be like any kind of gauge of his abilities. Really, that's the thing when you try to talk to people who who don't really know about what kind of what it's like to be tired. You know, like in a fight, and it's like. It's a huge factor. Everyone's like, oh, well, man, you know, those guys are always in shape. It's like, yeah, they are. They're probably they're in better shape than anyone we know, like, just standing on the street. <laughs> but, like, when you're taking it to the highest level of competition and you're not training and you're out filming, like, a, a hunting show for, like, the last three months or whatever, you're not doing rounds, you're not doing strength conditioning, you're not you're probably not even eating right. You're probably, your diet's a little off. You know, you're, you're doing yeah, something sure. completely different. Your mindset's totally different. In three weeks, you're supposed to step into a fight and, and, and perform. It's not, not even, like, remotely realistic to do that, you know? And he just, you know, once again, Mendez probably just figured his wrestling is so good that he just take him down and beat him up, but it didn't work out for him. Yeah. That's a rematch I'd be curious to see. Sure, you know? 
the uh, a big bum out in the world of kickboxing is Glory is no longer on Spike TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It wasn't doing a good enough numbers, I guess. And, oh, uh, shit. It's on ESPN 2 or something like that. But now I, I don't even know when the fights are. It's like, there was a really, really good card this past Friday, but it was like at one thirty in the afternoon because it was in Holland. And it was mm-hmm. uh, Nikki Holskin fought in uh, oh, really? Rico Verhoeven. And it was like a fight. As soon as they announced that card, there were two title defenses. I was like super, super excited about it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be great. And then now it's like, I don't even know where to see it, you know? Damn. Yeah. So it didn't happen yet, or it did? No, it happened. It was last Friday. I've been trying not to see who won because I want to find find it somewhere. I want to watch it. You know, it's probably. I mean, it's a week later. Maybe a week later, it might show up on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. But it's just sad in this country that kickboxing has never really, really caught on. You know. Caught on. Yeah. It's it's awesome. You know. Well, dude, we got those three events talked about at least. You know, Hell yeah, really, man. really excited to see how this thing uh, plays out, man. Finally going to see what what's what with this McGregor-Aldo thing. Dude, I can't wait. Yeah. Cannot wait. It's yeah. going to be awesome. What do you think is going through those guys' minds right now? You know, it's Monday, fight week. What do you, Shit, what do you think? man. I have no clue. The stress must be just palpable. Fucking A, dude. You know? Dude. I can't, I can't even imagine what's going through those guys' heads. Another un, intangible factor is the fact that McGregor has never fought for this level of title before. Has he, does, does he ever held a title? Like, in, in any of these oh, other things? Oh, uh, like Cage Rage. He was a two-division champion. Okay. But that that's like that's not on TV or anything like that, at least not in this It's country. like a UK... Yeah. But, I mean, it's, not, it's nothing like being in the UFC. Not no. that kind of heat behind it, you know? Yeah, no way. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, a whole new experience for him. Meanwhile, Aldo's been defending this crown for 10 years or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That's that's true. I mean, like, you know, he might just go in there as cool as a cucumber, you know? He's, he's used to it, man. I hope so. I hope he goes in there and just picks him apart. Could happen. All right, man. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And, um... You know, tune in this weekend and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Have a good night. Hey, you too, man. Peace. Good night.